0: Okay, anything you say now uh, can and will be held against you, okay? More right. bears. I think I can make that happen. Bear, please stop. Please refrain from shooting lasers onto the field.
1: A little bit with it. Show both my pips.
0: Between two bears, Evan, I'm going to explain this to you one more time. All right. This me. is Matt is Bear. Uh-huh. You are Evan A. Bear, uh-huh. which is the reason for between it's good. two bears. It's you, good. You captured that good from man. last week. You're good to go on it. Yeah, okay. no, I've internalized it. It's in there. Okay, good to you. And good deal. Um, brought to you by... Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Republic of Football,
2: The Republican Football Podcast
0: Network, Network and Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. Code MoreBears 15% off for new customers, 10% off for returning customers. It's getting cold outside here. Yeah. It's been cold get, outside so get there. Get you a bomber.
2: Get you a bomber. get you, uh,
0: get you a big old go blue uh, bomber jacket. Yeah. Get you uh, get you a big, big old uh I don't know, I don't have any like Michigan specific jokes, but We might have somebody here with us who does have Michigan specific humor. Mark Schindler of Twitter fame, the W the women's basketball guru, the scheme breaker downer. Uh, I've learned more about the landscape of the women's game this season, uh, from Mark's timeline than anybody else. Mark, welcome to the show. And, uh, I usually start off by asking, why did you agree to do this?
3: <laughs> no, thanks for having me. Uh, I got to ask to talk about Baylor basketball, and I've, I think I've watched just about every single game they've played and um, love watching them. I think that finally they ca- got caught up in the eight people. I've had them ranked in the top five since the start of December. Um, and I think it's – I'm glad that people have caught up now because this seems just really damn good.
0: And, I am – I was holding up the fours. It was four as of yesterday. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Number four team for Nikki Collin. Evan, did you have a place you wanted to start, or did you want me to dive right in?
2: Yeah. Let's talk about what happened to TCU last week. When we were, you and I were saying, oh, this TCU team is pretty good. They've got Nikki and the girls on the rope. And then they didn't score again. They didn't score the rest of the night. So we I, were having a good time. I want to apologize live. for briefly thinking TCU could figure something out across any sport. Um,
0: this is where you will have dozens of TCU fans in your mentions talking about how uh, an injury to a non-shooting hand for TCU's best player uh, completely swung that game. Well, it's just letting you know nice that's coming. Anything else they say to me. So I'll that's take it. True. That's true. Um, Mark, let me start here and it's it's kind of a general question. I I got to the Foster Pavilion um over the weekend for the first time got to watch the women versus Houston and while I wasn't truly expecting a close game, it was very very far from that. This roster seems to be well, it it doesn't seem to be. It is built drastically different than former Baylor coaches built their rosters. At a high level, what jumps out to you about the way this roster was built? Any individual um, highlights that really jump out to you? And uh, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on on this roster itself.
3: Yeah, I think the the highlights of the roster for me, like, I mean, you talk about Nikki coming over after, you know, coaching in the pros for a while with Atlanta. Um, obviously, his had stops all over the place as, as just the coach in general. Um and knowing some people on staff too and what they were preaching coming in, like it's all about playing like legitimate pro level basketball. And I think the first time that you really saw that play out was um, their game against Utah, where you saw the seem like they don't quote unquote play five out, but it's a lot of five out concepts inverting their offense. So when I say invert, I mean like taking, you know, they play a lot of their offense outside in through their five um, and Drayana Edwards and I think when I mean, again, like the biggest thing you can talk about is just the the collective passing and decision making on the team is like just about the best in the country. Um, I, I want to
0: call a quick timeout because you hit on exactly the point I was hoping you would maybe not a true five out, but definitely the 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 focus, what this team majors in, if you will, is being able to manipulate that perimeter and work from there generating a lot of your offense from the perimeter as opposed to post up after post up after mm. post up after post up which this program is is quite used to um and frankly other opponents got used to it as well yeah <laughs> yeah um okay so completely agree let's jump into some of the individual names i i'm going to bring up Dre edwards first and foremost every single time anytime we talk about Baylor basketball she's going to be who I bring up my favorite player on this team I am almost certain give me what stands out about her to you
3: yeah i mean not to keep harping on the same game but i think like you talk about the utah game and she pretty much won them that won them that game with she played one of the best quarters i think anybody's played yes. in the country this year that first quarter against utah i think she had she scored her assistant, and I think seven of the first eight buckets was awesome defensively on Alyssa Peely, and just doing everything the team needed from her. And I think to me, that's just what i would point to with her. It's just glue. And I think part of what's so interesting about the team is like you can literally point at every player and say they're the most important player on the team, and you know one night or another. Um, but when you talk about her, I think things would really not hit the same if you didn't have a player like her who can a like I mean she's six foot, but she can really guard
0: up. Um, she's six then, foot tall, four blocks in that Utah yeah. game yeah, against so a impressive. significant post offense from the Utes. So, yeah. I, she just she plays hard as hell. I I think I said last week she's Kevin Garnett jammed into like Eric Bledsoe's frame or something like. <laughs> she is uh, she's incredible. Shoot shoots well from three. She really feels like uh, the connective tissue doesn't even begin to really give her the credit she's due, but she feels like the connector between all of the different talent pieces on this roster. Um, Yeah,
3: no, exactly. I mean, like not to cut you off, but like you're saying, I think she's the, the, the player, like she's the player for me. Like, I think so much of like, if you're talking about watching pros, like especially watching the NBA, there's a lot more teams that will run things like this. Like, I think, like, the Kings do a ton of stuff running through DeMontis Sabonis, like, um, obviously, Denver through Nikola Jokic. But you don't see as many teams do it with players in the post that can't pass like that. And it's not about, right. like, being good at passing. It's about passing quickly and doing it well. And I think the, the vision. if you had a player who wasn't Dre Edwards that didn't have the vision and the quickness in decision-making, then it just, like, things don't hit the same because this team wants to play fast I so want to play with pace but they also want to get to the right shots. And if you don't have a player who can really like operate from that and, and really blend things together, it's, it's, it's not going to look pretty.
0: Oh, you're also probably not designing your offense to be that way in the first place, Most but definitely.
3: Oh, you would be surprised. There are a lot of, well, yeah, it's a good, a point. lot of teams but- in D one, even high majors that design their offenses in ways I can't fathom, but they do it anyway.
0: That's a really, really good point. Um, Bellafont Leroy. I'm, I'm going by personal preference here. Let, let's go anywhere else in the roster you want to. But the next name that jumps out to me is, is Bella Fontenoy. Like a sophomore doing this is, is kind of insane to me.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, she just had career game against TCU Um, was absolutely dynamite in that game. Five or six from three. And I think part of what's so fun about this group, like I've tweeted about, it, I've talked about it. Like they have, the best guard trio in the country. But then I think you can arguably make the same argument with their front court. Like you have Trey, you have Bella, you have Dariana, who is, that's a whole other discussion. Um, and you have Asia Blackwell. And that's like four extremely versatile forwards who aren't just versatile, but like are effectively versatile. Cause it's one thing to Correct. be able to do a lot of things. It's one thing. It's another to do it consistently. And I think you have four players who, you know, Bella was good last year, but this year, I mean, She's doing a lot more stuff off the dribble. She's even more knocked down from three. And I think the defense is even more dialed in. And like when you have a player like that who can feasibly play like two through four, play a little bit of the five, two, and just be a mismatch in so many ways and, and also cover things up defensively. Like that's they're just are it's very rare to you, you can find a lot of players in that similar mold, but it's very rare to find a player who has as effective in everything she does is just be-
0: efficient, just yeah. efficient you rarely see a bad decision. Um, it's just it, a lot of polish for a sophomore. Yeah. I, she's I think been really bad, assertive
3: but... too, which I think has been really big to see, like she doesn't pause. She doesn't hesitate. She just does what she's going to do.
0: Indeed. So selfishly we've hit the players that I focus on just about every other, every game. I'll open it up to you, Evan. I'll open it up to you, Mark, who else stands out on this team for you specifically, even if the stats aren't there, what makes this team go from a player and personnel standpoint?
2: Yeah. Well, it's just, I, I had been waiting to talk about Sarah Andrews. I know. I know. So that's why I, let her, was, that's it's, why I left her. Off. It's so crazy to me that we can have all of this discussion and be correct about how insane this team is. And Sarah mm-hmm. Andrews hasn't come up yet. You know, she's shooting 45% from three for the year. I mean, she's insane. Um, and, you know, the offense doesn't run through her, but she's the one bringing the ball up and she's the one, you know, guarding the one on the other end. And uh, I haven't felt this safe with a point guard for the women's team in, in a while. You know, we we had a really, really good string of point guards for about a decade, you know, with Odyssey Sims and the crew coming through. Um, so it's nice to have a true, like, do everything point guard running the ball up for us again.
3: Yeah. And I think part of what's been so fun about watching her this year is like she – has obviously been still extremely crucial this year, but I think the way that she's been able to blend her game playing alongside Jada Walker has been really fun because, like, Jada's done a ton of initiating the offense, too, and bringing things up and is really good into the, into the paint where Sarah's more of, you know, she wants to get you out in space and, and and get her shot off and attack from from out of ball screens. um, And, like, seeing the way that Sarah has become – like, not that she was a bad off-ball player last year, but I think, like, getting to see her do it even more this year – you know playing off of everyone else has been really fun. I think it's hit her game's hit even harder, like obviously she shot a ton of threes last year, and I think she was a lot better than her percentage says because of like when you talk about the kind of three she 's taking, but now it's like, okay, well, she gets that that like you know she 's still capable of doing all of her shot creation stuff and doing it well, but now it's like hey i'm getting wide open looks because I'm moving off the ball and um and getting all these opportunities. And I've been really impressed with that from her. Like obviously she dealt with an injury early on in the year that kind of hampered her. But now like I think the last couple of weeks she's really been rounded into form. It's just been awesome. Like especially in that TCU game. She was huge.
0: Yeah. It it it's it's a situation where she can go into a another NBA comparison. She can go into hardened mode if if you need her to, but this team hasn't needed her to a ton, right? Yeah. When you have release fouls like a Jada Walker to help just ball handling responsibilities. I mean, honestly, like it's, it's been it's been that for me. Anything else stand out to you before we move on and, and move up a rung on the uh, on the hierarchy here?
3: Yeah. I mean, I could talk about every player in depth, but I think to I me, figured like, we could. Yeah. Dariana hmm. Little Page Bugs is like one so of good. the very best defenders in college basketball. Um, She is. Like, she does things uh, defensively that you just shouldn't be able to do at her size. Like, she thinks the game incredibly well. Um, She can chase over screens at six foot one and do it well. She can guard up because she's really functionally strong, even though she's kind of lanky. She rebounds the hell out of the ball. Like, everything about her. Like, I mean, people can always be like, oh, well, she doesn't shoot the three, and I just don't care. She has everything. Yeah, there's like, she's so polished, man. She's taken
2: two this year. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I was just looking at that. She has taken yeah. two, three, but if you are playing defense at the level she is and you are still as efficient as she is, and on top of that, the volume you're creating where every other game you're going for almost 20, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing okay. You're doing all right. Um, love this roster. Let's talk about the individual who helped build this roster in Nikki Colin. So, on your Twitter feed, you you obviously are are breaking down plays from across the country that stick out to you. We spoke a little bit about how it's closer to a pro level offense and what Nikki Collins is trying to run out here. What sticks out to you from a scheme standpoint that is working especially well for this Baylor team, if if any, right? Because a lot of it does come down to, to talent on the floor, right? you're probably not going to take away a ton from that Houston game over the weekend just because of the level of competition and and the level of player on the court. But was curious about what you're seeing on both sides of the ball uh, in terms of scheme that, wow, that's really new and interesting or damn, it's just working well. (laughs) They just do it a lot.
3: Yeah. I mean, like kind of like we talked about, I think it's just the, obviously you have to put the right pieces together, but I think like, um it would be really fun to sit down with them and talk about like okay well what's scripted or or what's what's not you know how much is, of this
0: is just like fuel but I know like from from talking to set versus that, improv like, it, it yeah. it's absolutely the question I would ask as well
3: Yeah like they definitely they they run sets but a lot of it is hey we're just we're playing basketball um and I think that's like part of what's so special about it is there are a lot of teams that try and play like this D1 right now that are just they don't have The players to do it but also like you have to be able to coach it like you can't i think you can honestly look at this team and say like okay well maybe if they'd like obviously they have recruited really high level kids don't get me wrong but like i think when you look top to bottom maybe they could have a couple more four or five star kids but i think when you talk about the actual fit like going out and again like getting jada walker getting yaya felder like yaya felder is a player that i think just a lot of people didn't know about until this year she was big time in the mac um and just a special player. And I think to me, that's where the coaching shines through. Like Yaya was not the most efficient at Ohio. Um, She wasn't super in shape yet. And she, you can tell like, okay, clearly she's been dedicated. I know there were, there was a story earlier on in the year about what her work was getting into that. But like this coaching staff has empowered her to be argue. Like it's like, even you can say best six player in, in, in the big 12, but like, there's like three players coming off the bench right now that all deserve that notion for for Baylor. So it's just like, but she's so electric. I think you talk about like, okay, well, cool. We bring Sarah off the floor and now we have this guard who just is a nightmare getting downhill to the rim um, on and off the ball who can, she's been really good as a screener. She's playing the best, like she was not a good defender in Ohio point blank. And she's been, I would argue, probably their best guard defender, especially like on the there. ball.
0: Up there. I and, mean, it depends on what you consider. Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna, just talking about page like, bugs because yeah. when they switch, like yeah, no, I'm just to talking
3: her, Sarah and uh, yeah, and Jada, and like again, like I think that's one of the underrated parts of coaching, like being able to bring in a really talented kid and get them bought into a role that is you know quite a bit smaller than what they had prior, but also like being able to be like, hey, like this is. This is why it's going to be good for your game. This is what your future is with it, and um, so I think that kind of thing has really stuck out. Obviously, the defense, like they've been so drilled in on what they're doing, because especially when you're playing so small compared to some other teams, like this team's really great at scram switching. So, like if they have a small switched onto a big, they're good at finding ways out of it or um, fighting fighting through it. And I think when you talk about the communication that's been instilled, like again. It's stuff that looks really smooth because they are so good at it right now. But if it wasn't smooth, it would play out so differently and you would notice like right away. So I think again, like when you just talk about the execution um and the level that every player has gotten through that, like the buy-in, like because again, like this is the kind of system on both sides where if the buy-in is not there, it is not going to work. At least oh, not even at also- the
0: highest level how many coaches looked at yaya Felder and said she is capable of becoming a plus defender like at minimum not maybe not even the best you know perimeter defender on our roster but just a plus defender and then on top of that how many coaches would be able to demand that of yaya Felder and and, and get that out of her it, it's it's really cool it sucks though because we did just completely answer my next question was what separates Nikki Collin from the rest and what separates the greats who are, you know, currently from a historical standpoint, you know, above where, where Nikki currently is. But I I think we hit on a lot of those points unless there's something else you wanted to add.
3: No, I mean, I think that's uh, that that hits on everything for me with Nikki. Yeah. Like, I think she's she's great and obviously doing a tremendous job here.
2: Evan, you got something for us? Yeah, why did people think that was a bad hire? You know how spoiled we are, man. Oh, to get the WNBA Coach of the Year, and people were pissed.
0: I, I, yeah. Well, <clears throat>
2: that was a whole thing. That's. Whole thing. I think
0: I'm. I'm pretty sure we've had that conversation multiple times as to why they were pissed. Wow. Well, <laughs> and I don't think it had much to do with Nikki Collin. Um, I, I don't think a, a fraction of the fan base would have been happy with anybody that was hired, uh, for for this cycle. But, um. It is what it is. I, I, was she this highly regarded coming out of the WNBA? My my knowledge of the WNBA at that point in time when she won that Coach of the Year award wasn't strong. I'll be completely honest. Uh, I'm just curious if you had any insight to that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll say um, just like I personally, I just started – I think I was still in college when um, she was still coaching the W. So it's been a minute. Um, so I don't have like the greatest answer for that. Yeah. Um, no. But I do know from talking to anybody, like a lot of what ended up going wrong in Atlanta was just roster build. Like they were not as talented towards the end of her tenure. Yeah. Um and I think she was ready to get back into college too. So um I mean definitely somebody who I would you know, backtracking you know, I would not have had too many questions about coming in right? and, and doing this.
0: I I don't I don't get it. In any case, uh we are a spot where I think a lot of people are happy with her performance thus far. Um, we did get a question from Twitter. Uh, so let's jump into that. Um, let's, let's stay on the roster piece a little bit. Uh, Michaela Cog says, uh, would love to hear his draft thoughts on those who will be entering the WNBA draft. Presumably she means from this Baylor team. Do You think they the prospects are good for some of the upperclassmen on this team?
3: No, that's a that's an interesting question because I think it's more not that the upperclassmen are aren't good. Like I actually like I think most of them have a real shot at being a pro. Um, I think Sarah. I'm just going to be continued interested to see how she rounds out the rest of the season because she still hasn't fully been there um, in terms of like just physically. I think last year, like i again, like she had the I believe lower body injury earlier. Um, that happened right when training camp started and, uh, she's still kind of like working her way back to, to normal from that. I have more probably questions about her defensively than anything else. I I don't really have any questions about the offense. I think she has the pro potential to be, uh, I mean the, the offensive potential to be a pro for sure. Um, I think again, like <sighs> Dre, it's just, it, it will probably come down to the shot for me, like how confident are teams in her continuing to grow as a shooter. But I think like w- when you look at what she's done this year, um, it's hard to, to go against it. I think to me, like Asia Blackwell is probably the player I, I, I've i had the most pro stocking out of everyone. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Especially like coming out of Missouri too. Like she's obviously dealt with the injury last year and has been banged up a little bit this year too. But when you talk about what she brings as a defender and um, can really drive the ball, I think again, it's like, okay, well, where's the shot? um kind of profiles a lot, like not saying the same player, but in terms of like sort of like a Benajah Laney type player who doesn't necessarily have a position yet, but brings a lot of versatility, can it's gonna depend on how she keeps growing her game and probably not an immediate player in, in the W, but um you know I as, just as she keeps around out.
0: I see what she does again, going back to the TCU game. I see what she does in defending a player. Uh the name is escaping me, of course. Uh but defending up what? Eight inches in height, something like that. It, it it's it, it's really hard to find that. I I don't know. I and I guess my problem is I also don't have a position for her in my brain, so it's hard for me to figure out how a W team would would view that as well. Um, good stuff. So put some potentials out there. Some potentials out there. Let Let's zoom out and. Let's let's talk at, at a national level here. Who would be the two to three most difficult matchups in the NCAA tournament for this Baylor team?
3: Ooh. Um, talking nationally. I think... Yeah. Yeah, no. I think, uh, obviously, South Carolina would be really tough, um, as mm-hmm. would UCLA. Like, I think... I mean, those are the two teams for me because...
0: I think those teams would be tough for... Anybody to play.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) And I mean, it's because uh, to me, South Carolina and UCLA have been since the first games of the season, like those are just the two best teams in the country, hands down, without question. Um, When you talk about overall depth, top end talent, how cohesive they are, um, they have the two best post players in the country play for those teams. And those are not like, I think when you're Baylor, I think that's a game where you have to shoot like 50 or 60 percent from three to beat ucla to be honest i mean yep. that like politely that's just being honest right when you i got date, that kind date. of deficit it's really difficult um but so i think those two teams if if i'm giving another answer that's not like a total cop out um
2: let's hear it uh, <laughs>
3: I'm trying to think if there's like honestly, like I part of why I love the teams. I feel like there just are they're not a lot of teams that are capable of punishing them and making things difficult. Like I think that like we'll probably talk about the Big Twelve a little bit, and there's some teams that you know game planning wise can. Well, let's do that. Let Let's
0: look at the Big Twelve because the Big Twelve is a pretty damn good basketball conference as we understand correct. it to be. Mm-hmm. L- let's talk about those Big Twelve matchups that Baylor either has coming up or could see in the tournament.
3: Yeah. Um. Obviously it sucks that Rory Harmon is is out for the year because Dude, Texas I, Baylor was going to be such man. a blast. Like obviously that game was still really fun, but um I think like you saw Baylor did not even play close to their best game in that one and they were still able to win. Um obviously credit to Texas for making it close, but I think like that was going to be such a blast to watch because it's two complete divergences in style. Mm-hmm. Um
0: I think Boy, for me, that, that's a that's a Vic Schaefer team now. Oh, no Roy Harmon. Boy, they, <laughs> they are. are that is a Vic Schaefer team. Very much.
3: Um what I think to me, like the team that that stands out the most is uh Kansas State. Like that Kansas State team is so good. I think they've gone wildly under the radar this entire year. They played a really good non-con. It's the only team that's beaten Iowa this year. Um, and more importantly, like they are really big. They play, they, they, in the game against Iowa, they played a lineup where it was Serena Sundal, their starting point guard, who's 6'1, six, 6'2. Six, uh, the Glenn Twins, who are both 5'11, um, Gisela Sanchez, who's their transfer from Arizona, who's, I believe, 6'3, can really shoot the ball and really good defensively. And Ioka Lee. So when you talk about that, it's like, all right, they have four players on the court bigger than Baylor's tallest player. And it's like, yeah. Just mentioning
0: Ioka Lee at the very end. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, you know, just casually. And I think part of what's tough with Ioka too, is like, she can, she can pass the ball pretty well. I wouldn't say she's like, she's not like the same level of pastor as Dre, but like, okay. If she draws two, she's capable of kicking the ball. Um, So I think that's a game and just watching, I mean, that series in general is going to be really interesting because again, it's a really different clash of styles. Kansas state likes to play a lot slower. Um, they'll grind you out defensively, obviously do a lot of stuff playing out of zone, uh, kind of like we saw against TCU and then it'll just become a lot of, okay, well, you know, how does Baylor counteract that? Like we saw in the second half against TCU, because what's different with K state, like they're deeper, they go like probably three off the bench that they really trust and are good players where I think TCU, I wasn't too surprised by that second half respectfully to them. Like, I think a lot of it was like, I mean, this Baylor team's just so damn good, but also TCU plays five and a half players. Like they are not deep. It's their first yeah. year in a rebuild. Um, Obviously very talented, but like, you know, they completely gassed out because they didn't really make any substitutions in the first half. So
0: yeah. Talking depth. I was just noting, noticing that Lee is only playing like 20 minutes a night, like barely over 20 minutes a night for Kansas state. Yeah. They are much deeper than they have been. That's wild. Okay. That, I, I'm just remembering back to the game where she played basically every minute of the game for that scoring record that I can't remember if she actually did get or not. But No, she
3: did, yeah, because I was just talking about it yesterday. So, saw 63 against Oklahoma still. Yeah, it was wild.
0: It was That's wild. That's insane. Okay. Um, Kansas State, you know, Texas, uh, I, again, I, I never wish anything good on Texas as a program, but Roy Harmon just one of my favorite players in the country
2: to be honest
0: uh truly truly cool
2: um evan you got anything else for us yeah i've been trying to uh figure out how to word this all day because i feel like matt and i are lucky and we've spent the last Mm. 20 years probably watching you know our college team be really really good at basketball and it feels like Obviously the game has grown a ton in the last even five or six years, but it feels like since maybe the 2018, 2019 season um, that growth has really gone like exponential. Like it feels like there's, there's not a lot of people still finding out about the game. Everyone's here and we're enjoying a really good product kind of as a family now. Um, So I guess I just kind of am interested on your take on how we got from there to here. Is there, is there something that happened on the girls side of the ball that, accelerated it in 2018 2019 or do you think it's just a culmination of the sport has just been growing pretty consistently for a few decades now i mean longer than that but since i've yeah
3: no that's a good question i think honestly like i would say things have been growing consistently um but i think it's a lot more about like you know you have to have the buy-in from a media partner and just in general because i think so much of it to me is like for, so for reference, like I took the job covering the WNBA two seasons ago now, and I had like casually watched some stuff because I watched a shit ton of basketball. That's what I do. Um, but it had only ever really been like watching the finals or something because I didn't, you know, there was nothing else going on. So I just flipped to ESPN and I was like, Oh, Hey, there's basketball. I'm going to watch it. And um, I think to me, like the more that I've gotten engrossed in like understanding things, you know, it's just about having the same opportunities and visibility Mm -hmm. Um, and just putting the basketball on TV and making it viewable and and easy to get to. And, um, you know, if you put it there and you advertise it, like you can't just have it there and then not advertise it. But like, if you put it there and advertise it and, um, really showcase the game and the players playing it, like it's just basketball, you know? So I think to me, um, that's what it's been more about the last year or so, especially like, you know, what we saw with the national championship and the run up to that. Um, I think that you get a ton of new excited basketball fans because they get to watch a really special tournament run. And um, now it's just about capitalizing off that. Obviously, there's a new deal coming up um, that just got signed. Um, so, yeah, a lot of really great stuff coming up with it.
0: Yeah, and times. I times. I, I do want to – I don't know if I'm disagreeing with you or not here, Mark, but I will say the game feels to me like it is in a way more – Advanced place in multiple ways than it was, say, 10 years ago at the college level, at the pro level. It feels different to me. I, this is also probably me learning the game and learning these different teams and rosters and players more. But I, it, it, to me, it's a great thing. Be it real or not, don't care. Feels good to me. So, <laughs> all righty. Um, you know, you know what? I think. Uh oh. I think I've I've done too much work today. I think it's time uh-oh. for. Uh
1: oh.
0: I think it's time for some some silliness. <laughs> it is. It is the silly shit time for the week of the stuff. We we do need to formalize whatever we're calling this. Evan. And I need uh, to start so, doing
2: some homework before because I'm still bracking my brain. You do need
0: yeah, you probably should do that. You probably should do some of that. <laughs> um so you know, we had um the opportunity to ask uh you mark what you would potentially submit to this segment. Welcome as the inaugural guest for this segment. Oh, I'm an uh, okay. Damn, we
1: we that. wanted
0: mm-hmm. to give you the Wonder opportunity to lead us off with what what was the dumbest, silliest thing you saw in college sports or not? We don't care. What was the dumbest thing you saw this past week or, 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 or change?
3: Yeah, well now the, the pressure's on, but um no, it is uh it is Tom Izzo's uh post game uh post game presser, whatever you want to call that, after the loss to Northwestern oh, yesterday.
0: I, I don't know what to call it yet, but you know what? Let's see if we can actually get that audio in here. Yeah, because
1: I'm learning in real time here. We played for the 29 years of players I had before this. That's disappointing. That's not Spartan basketball. You get those turnovers. It seemed like they were doubling, trapping you guys out front, putting a lot of pressure and bumping and pushing all night. Yeah, they were physical as hell. I mean, I didn't like that. And on the other side of it, I loved it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. That's why I give him credit. Absolutely loved it. I thought those guys were way more physical than us, and they did that all day long, and and uh, we knew they were going to trap. We went over everything they were going to do. I thought we were very well prepared. I'm not going to take any negative to me or my staff on that. Um, my guys didn't play as hard, so that falls on me. It doesn't fall on the players. Cause nothing falls on players anymore. understand that. So that falls on me. And... Credit goes to him on uh, the way they played. You so that wasn't Spartan basketball. No, it wasn't. How do you define Spartan basketball? Well, we defend we rebound. Today, we didn't defend at all. You know, I mean, it wasn't that the stats, you know, all you analytical guys, you know, I hate analytics because they're phony. Sooner or later, you look in a guy's heart, you look in a guy's eye, and then you find out about a guy. Everybody in the NBA and, and college now, they want analytics. Analytics. What does analytics mean? Huh? Does it mean we won the game. <laughs> analytics are crap. You know what? Sooner or later, guys got to just muscle up. We just came out with one of our best games we could play. And I had a guy that played his best and doesn't get a rebound tonight. Doesn't, I don't even think he scored a point. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but you know bad this. coaching I, I I, do a bad coaching because remember now you're not allowed to blame a player um, so it's bad coaching I mean I, and, and I'm not being sarcastic my guys didn't play you know I get the football pads out again for rebounding as I say all the time I'll probably get sued
0: <laughs> all right so you, you have Thomas that? over there you have Thomas there after his team's lost to Northwestern. Which, by the way, Northwestern men's
2: basketball. Hey, look. Maybe I told not. You, right? I came up here. I came up here to fix some shit, Matt. And the what did Northwestern do? They won a ball game. Look at the basketball team now. I told you I came here to fix it.
0: <laughs> you done? Because they're. Uh-huh. I don't think they're actually good. They just have beaten some good teams
2: well they beat someone who whooped our ass so name name I'm the best saying. player on the northwestern team then this Ooh, is the there's so there's so many don't Matt, help him so oh don't oh, help you're him
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm asking him to see if he actually is paying attention look but yes his name fix- is boo booey
2: boo booey wow i need to tap in even more
0: you really wow. do all right you really do um just insane, you know. A, a man who, who has gone through some rough things over the last couple of years, and has provided some very, I'd say, insightful, emotionally healthy responses to those things. Uh, this is befuddling to me, Mark, I'll let You take it from here. This is your segment.
3: <laughs> what the hell are analytics? You know, that's that's the question everybody's asking after you lose by fourteen to Northwestern. What the hell are analytics? Um, I just don't know how it turned into an analytics conversation. It, see, that's the thing. Like, if you're gonna go off, like, you got to go off in one direction. He went off in like four.
0: Cause right. It's it, it started with a lot of a lot of healthy stuff. Like, you the know, first forty hey, seconds,
3: I was like, "How are people clowning this? Like, <laughs> this is this is this is like normal Tom Izzo." And then, and then it
0: veered. The second well, and he like, said, "And you can't blame players for anything anymore,"
2: and I'm like, "Oh boy, here." Yep. You could tell he was scrolling 4chan in his head. He was just he couldn't he couldn't <laughs> pick a bar he couldn't pick a bar to land on, so he just danced around them all. Mm-hmm. No, that was pretty. Matt good. does this. Matt will just walk away sometimes.
0: I will there he I, is. If, if I'm in a if I'm in a coughing fit. Yeah. So it, Tom Izzo browsing 4chan now is unfortunately stuck in my head, and I I'm not a massive fan of that. I will say.
2: And that. he kind of he kind of just generally looks. What's that? He Reese's looks like a Facebook name? memer. What's that pepe? racist frog mean? He looks like that frog a little. He's got a little Pepe, oh a little Pepe in his step. Okay, so I'm gonna take sense. a screenshot
0: from this video and put it in there. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark said none of this. He was just saying that the <laughs> rant was bad. Mark has said nothing else about this. Always a danger uh, to come on the show, uh, especially on a game night. Uh, so it, it there have been multiple quote tweets around this rant. He doesn't look like he doesn't sound like a guy who wants to stay in this line of work for much longer when when he said earlier in the season he goes right before the Baylor game he says i think we're going to go back to practicing the way we used to practice or something to that effect i'm going to go back to coaching the way i used to coach you can tell he's just kind of fed up with things you can just tell he's yeah. fed up with it great yeah, addition yeah i don't think great addition. i don't
3: think Tom Izzo was super long for east Lansing. um it is it's he looks yeah, tired he does he look tired, tired man i think that's what stuck out the most to me about that that video like damn like he looks old Like, that's the first time, like, I I mean, I feel like Tom Izzo has looked like he's 55 since 2002, but like, I mean, he looked. Baylor was his Super
0: Bowl. We've been saying this for a while. Baylor was his Super Bowl and we're tired of being people's Super Bowls.
2: Matt, I just learned how many national titles Tom Izzo has won. What are we doing talking about him so much? What's the deal? Because his teams are usually good.
0: His teams (laughs) are good.
2: His teams are good. What can you say? I don't know.
0: What can you say? What can you say? Evan, did you have anything to add to this poorly thought
2: out segment? <laughs> um. Yes. The silliest thing I've seen in the last week. That's what this is about. Um. Okay. I was in Reno last week, as you know, you, Matt, for work. Yep,
0: yep. We talked about that. And
2: uh, I was in the hotel. Or not the hotel. I was in the airport preparing to come back. And no one uses those... Slot machines in the in the airport. Why are there so really? many in airports? You ever uh, been in an airport in Nevada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gambling it's opportunities everywhere. No one uses them. So well, that's why I'm going to be the guy who uses them now. It's silly and that no one uses those.
0: I don't know that that's what we should they, take away from. They got to be due. They got to be due. I don't think that's how slot machines work. But the whenever I go to Vegas, I always see people... In those like walled off areas, because they're they're smoking areas too, so I see people smoking in there, and then they might play the slot machine.
2: Yeah, that's what the I airport, see. They just line the walls everywhere;
3: <laughs> they're just all yeah, over the place. There's slot machines everywhere. Yeah, at the Vegas airport. I hadn't thought about that. I now that I think I think I've seen like I go to Vegas pretty often. I feel like I've seen like a handful of people on the slots in the airport.
0: Do you, do you like play slots?
3: Vegas, I don't play oh, slots no, at all. I don't no. I don't gamble at all smart uh, i have smart. way too
2: much of an addictive personality to- i spent <laughs> about two hours on a video craps machine last <laughs> week <laughs> video craps is it so it cool. is so fun. Fun. like i've
3: just got or something but
2: like um it? Uh, it was a lot of like hotel slash casinos like nothing like on the strip like a lot so i kind of liked it uh because conventionally did, did it did yeah. it feel convention i was bit? in a yeah. convention center there was a sky bridge Se- second rate um, convention center yeah. town yeah okay that makes and sense. it was great and like i can tell all the people that were on the tables had spent the last probably seven to eight years of their life in that spot so i really felt at home um but yeah i feel like i need to use airport casino options more this year and that's all i well, got for you matt i'm I'm very, very happy.
0: The, I guess the silliest thing that I saw was uh, the NFL letting the Texans back in the playoffs. But <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, shit. Hey, hey, it is. <laughs> we're back. We're back. Um, Mark, thank you so much for a tolerating us, but b educating us on multiple facets of this Baylor women's basketball team. Where can people find you? Where can people read you and where can people listen to you?
3: Yeah, no, first off, I appreciate you guys having me on. I had a, had a great time. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MG underscore Schindler. I always have my link, my geez, my work linked there. Um, I technically, I work for a sports media conglomerate called Seven Star Digital and write for a few different websites So I'm going to just link it there. And then I also have a podcast called They've Got Now. I uh, just had Yvonne and Jim from over at Gonzaga on laying off that uh, they got
0: next thing yeah, yeah they've no, got now sure. i would agree i would yeah, agree so
3: i always uh, have good interviews popping up I actually have one with a, a big 12 starter coming up should drop on thursday or friday i uh, love it so yeah got some good stuff coming up appreciate you guys having we me will
0: absolutely tap in mark thank you so much please go do something more productive with your time <laughs> and uh we'll talk again i'm soon. gonna go watch Maybe. that
3: new eli roth movie that's there a, you go. <laughs> oh, there we go. I, Well, I don't know if I'd consider it productive, but I'm going to have a good time.
0: Absolutely. All right, brother. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Maybe tournament time? We'll see. Maybe? Yeah, no, I'm down. Man. I'll be yeah. in Vegas. I'll be in Vegas the end of February, this, early we didn't March. We did you going to be. Oh, okay. Be, All right. Yeah, Thanks, we'll Mark. See, there go.
1: More bears. I think I can make that happen.
0: Bear, please stop. Please refrain from shooting lasers onto the field.
1: A little bit cheeky with it. I'm both my